Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, I'm Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. Tonight's story is a really horrific example of what can happen when the justice system fails the victim. Gregory Green got away with murdering his family not once, but twice. Yeah, you heard me. There were a lot of mistakes made here within the court systems and amongst people who were a little too trusting, allowing this man to go on to commit some truly horrific acts. When I heard this story, I knew I had to share it because unfortunately, it's one of those terrible cases where a lesson can be learned. You guys are going to be so pissed when you hear the details of this one. Tonight's episode is sponsored by the podcast Off the Muda Scale, a weekly entertainment slash comedy series about wrestling shows. 
They cover weekly WWE and AEW wrestling events and big PPVS while keeping you properly entertained. If you're a fan of wrestling or your buddy or your hubby is a fan of wrestling, make sure you send them to listen to Off the Muda Scale. They'll be in good company. After you're done listening to tonight's show, head on over on whatever app you listen to your podcasts and check out Off the Muda Scale, hosted by three guys who offer a unique and hilarious perspective on wrestling events. That's Off the Muda Scale. Go check it out. All right, let's jump into the first half of our story because there's really two distinct big events that happen here. First of all, I know you can't answer me back, but have you guys ever heard of Gregory Green? Because I was really shocked that I hadn't ever heard about him. And there isn't a whole lot out there about him and what he did. He's pretty much Chris Watts' level of evil times two. There's not a whole lot known about Gregory Green in the early years prior to committing his crimes. He was born sometime in 1966, which would make him 55 years old today, I think, if I do the math correctly, and I'm not so great at math. He grew up in a religious family. They would all go to church. But other than that, not a whole lot is known about his home life in his early years. Gregory would grow up to be a very angry and violent man, so you have to wonder what may have happened in his youth to cause him to be this way, or maybe he was just born like that, I don't know. In his early 20s, Gregory married his first wife, Tanya Green. Tanya had two children of her own from a previous relationship that she brought with her into this new family dynamic. It wasn't long before Gregory became very jealous controlling and violent with Tanya. She was six months pregnant with their first child together, and friends reported that she was planning on leaving Gregory due to his change in behavior. One of her friends would later say, Tanya called me and said Gregory started acting different and she didn't know if he was on drugs or something, but he just switched and changed. She also told this friend that she was going to church to pray, and then she was going home, packing her bags, and leaving. Experts say that the most dangerous time for a woman who is being physically abused by their partner is when they leave, or when they try to leave, and this is just another example of that. Gregory must have felt like she was going to leave. Maybe she told him that she was going to be leaving. I'm not sure, but she would never get this opportunity. When Tanya arrived home from church, Gregory was there waiting for her, enraged. Before she could leave him, Gregory stabbed her ten times with a steak knife, killing both her and their unborn child. Tanya Green's two younger children were also in the house that day, and thankfully they were unharmed in the attack. Reports say that the children hid in the closet while the attack was happening. Those poor babies had to witness this brutal murder of their mother. After he was done with the killing, he called 911 to report what he had done, telling officers when they arrived at the home, I stabbed her. She's in the kitchen. Now, when this case came to trial in 1992, Gregory tried to use the insanity defense at first. When they gave him a psych evaluation, it pretty much determined that he was sane. he was just an asshole. So he decides to plead no contest to second-degree murder. Of course, he was convicted, and he was given 15 to 25 years as a sentence for the brutal murder of this woman and her unborn baby. 
This alone shocked me. Like, what? You took two lives in a horrific way and you could be out of prison in 15 years? What the fuck is wrong with the system? During his time in prison, he was denied parole four times. The parole board felt that he demonstrated little emotion or remorse and he had a lack of empathy. By the end of 2004, Gregory also was openly blaming his victim, his wife, for her death. So it's clear he didn't think he did anything wrong. And like most abusers, he blamed his victim. Despite completion of recommended therapy, Gregory Green has not gained adequate insight, officials wrote in a report dated December 27, 2004. He explains his conduct as arising out of the victim's mistreatment of him, it went on to say. By late 2006, Gregory was reported by the parole board to have gained some insight, quote-unquote, into his crime, but he still blamed his actions on past immaturity, according to court documents. And even though he kept getting rejected by the parole board time and time again because it was clear he was not taking responsibility for his actions, he didn't give up. I mean, why would he? He has nothing else to do. And surprisingly, he had a lot of support. His family backed him. They completely supported him. One of his sisters told the parole board about her brother's apparent turn toward faith. She wrote, Over the years, Greg has become closer to the Lord and reads his words daily. I believe this is what helped Greg through this difficult and trying time. That was Deidre Borders, Greg's sister, and she wrote that on November 22nd, 2006. And the way that his mother and his family talked about him really reminded me of the way that Chris Watts' family treats him. As if this is a tragedy that happened to him, not an act that he committed and is responsible for. I'm all for supporting your children, but there's a big difference between continuing to love your child through their actions and actually enabling their behavior. And this is how the Green family was. They enabled Gregory. While in prison, Gregory was essentially a perfect prisoner with only one minor fight with another prisoner on his record in the 16 years that he was locked up. He didn't get involved in any violence within the prison, and he didn't argue with the guards or anything. He followed the rules, and he pretty much kept his head down. And of course, as many of them do time and time again, he found God again. And while I'm not personally a religious person, I'll never discourage or disparage anyone from believing in a religion. But isn't it interesting how all of these violent criminals suddenly find God while they're in prison? I mean, it's not surprising. They literally have nothing else to do, and I'm sure many of them are desperately wanting a little bit of redemption in whatever form they can get. One of his biggest supporters while he was in prison, who seemed to believe that he was truly a changed man, was a pastor from Detroit named Fred Harris. Gregory and I were friends before his mishap, and he was incarcerated, Harris wrote on August 17, 2005, to the Michigan Parole Board. I feel he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible and is sorry. This will not restore the lives that were taken. He will carry that with him for the rest of his life. The following year, Harris wrote again in support of Gregory Green's release. He wrote, 
I've noticed a great deal of growth and his understanding has matured quite a bit as well as his processing skills. If he was to be released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community and whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would. In 2008, all of this campaigning worked because Gregory Green was released on parole after serving just 16 years for the murder of his pregnant wife. Parole decisions are handled by three members on a panel of the Corrections Department's parole board, and decisions can be made by the first two members of a three-member panel, if their votes agree. If their votes are different, then the third panel member casts a vote. This time, two members of the panel agreed that Gregory should be released out on parole. And if I had to guess, I would say that the campaigning done on his behalf by the minister likely had a lot to do with it. But even if the parole board had continued denying his release, eventually he would have maxed out his sentence by 2012 because he was also earning prison time reducing disciplinary credits for good behavior. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. 
We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day, because that's half the battle, and I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious, with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code napper50 at factormeals.com slash napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. So Gregory Green is released from prison on parole. He moves back in with his mom and things are mostly quiet. He does what he's supposed to do. He checks in with the parole officer whenever he needs to. So far, so good. Here's the crazy part. After two years of being on parole, he is a free man. The dude is on parole for murdering his pregnant wife and after only two years of needing to be monitored and check in, he's pretty much free to do whatever he wants. He doesn't have any eyes on him. It's kind of crazy to imagine, right? Now, after his parole is up, Gregory marries his second wife, 39-year-old Faith Harris Green, which, surprise, surprise, is actually the daughter of the pastor who helped him obtain parole from his prison sentence for killing his wife. Obviously, she thought he was a changed man. I don't know why. I don't know why. So let's take a moment to pause here. Put love aside for a minute. Would you ever allow yourself to marry a man who brutally stabbed his pregnant wife to death with a steak knife while her two children hid in the closet? Can someone who commits an act so atrocious really change to be a better person? I really don't want to put a whole lot of blame on this woman for what is about to happen next because she has to live with this for the rest of her life, but it just doesn't make sense to me. And this is not an isolated occurrence. Women commonly write to men who are in prison for murder. I mean, look at Chris Watts and his fan club. Ugh. Some of them, they think he's a changed man. Some of them would like to believe they're somehow different than the previous victim. That this person would never do that to them. And honestly, I believe some of them kind of get off on the danger of dating or marrying a murderer. It's a thrill to them. I don't know what the reason was for Faith, but I'm sure she must have had a few moments at least of pause, red flags waving in her face, or some sort of internal warning bell going off. But unfortunately, she ignored it all. And they married, and together, they created a family. Chadney Allen Jr., age 19, and Kara Allen, age 17, were Faith's children from a previous marriage. Koi Green, age 5, and Kaylee Green, age 4, were Gregory and Faith's two children they had together during their six years of marriage. In the beginning, things seemed fine, but three years into the marriage, the tide began to turn. Gregory was displaying some of his old behaviors. He was angry, enraged often, he could become violent, and he was jealous and controlling. 
So in 2013, Faith applied for a restraining order against Gregory, which was denied on the grounds of insufficient evidence. I don't understand how that's even possible, considering this guy has previously killed his wife. I don't know why they would ever dismiss a restraining order against him, but all right. In this application, she noted, we're filing for divorce. He's being belligerent, kicking things, just kicking things, threatening me and saying, if I don't leave, things are going to get ugly. Jumped at me like he was going to attack. This went on for hours. She filed for divorce later on that year, but the paperwork didn't go through. I think she likely pulled it. According to some of her friends, Gregory did what a lot of abusers do. He promised that he would change. And maybe he did for a short while, but these kinds of men never really change. So in August 2016, she ended up filing for a divorce again. However, the following month, while waiting for the divorce to go through, on the night of September 21st, 2016, Gregory would try to stop the divorce from proceeding through incredible horror and violence. The details of what happened this night are incredibly difficult to hear. They're involving the murders of children, so I just wanted to give you that little bit of a heads up in case you'd like to skip ahead. Gregory Green took his little babies and basically poisoned them. He taped a plastic tube to the exhaust of his car and poisoned his two youngest children, little Coy Green, age five, and Kaylee Green, age four, with carbon monoxide from the exhaust fumes. He then placed their lifeless bodies back into their beds, just as if they were sleeping. Next, he tied Faith up with duct tape and zip ties, tying her to a chair in the basement, and then brutally assaulting her. He slashed her face with a box cutter, and then he shot her in the foot. It was clear he wasn't trying to kill her, at least right away. He was really trying to make her suffer. So he went a step further. He brought his two teenage stepchildren, Chadney and Kara, before their mother, bound. And he shot them, execution style, making their mother watch them die. She had to watch them die. I can't even imagine the pain of having to see something like this. Your children dying is horrific enough, but then having that imagery of them being shot in front of you? Ugh. Around 1.15 a.m. Wednesday, he called 911, waiting for police in the driveway of his home. This is pretty much the exact same thing he did when he murdered his pregnant wife, Tanya. When police arrived, they went inside the home to discover Faith Green in the basement, bound with duct tape and zip-tied. She was in really bad shape, but she was alive. The bodies of the two teenagers were found shot, and the bodies of the two little ones' lifeless bodies were found in their beds. Gregory Green was arrested again and charged again with the murders of these poor babies. He received what amounts to a life sentence. He'll be 97 by the time he's eligible for parole. His former wife, now former wife, Faith, spoke at his sentencing, saying, You are a con artist. You are a monster. You are a devil in disguise. You are now forever exposed. Not even torture and death would be justice. 
Your justice will come when you burn in hell for all eternity for murdering four innocent children, all because you're insecure. Gregory also spoke during his sentencing. He gave a brief statement and apology, but he didn't give an explanation of the motive behind these violent deaths. He went on to say, I feel bad for how this has deeply impacted everyone, and may God help them. Help me, he said in court. I mean, to me, it's pretty clear that he was just a monster through and through and was somehow able to convince people that he was a changed man. I can't imagine the guilt that Faith has to carry knowing that she let this man into her life with her two previous children and then continued to build a family with two more children, knowing the crime that he had committed in the past. Now, the pastor who really petitioned to get Gregory Green out of jail, which allowed him to go on and marry his daughter and make a family with her, it resulted in the deaths of four of his grandchildren. Some people only see the good in others, and it's heartbreaking. I imagine he feels this immense guilt. So, do some people deserve a second chance in life? Absolutely, but I don't think there's any redemption to be found after murdering your pregnant wife. That's simply unforgivable, and there should be no second chances. In my opinion, people who do things like that cannot change. It's something that is ingrained in them, whether they were born that way or they have developed the traits over time. Either way, we need to keep the public safe and especially our babies safe from monsters like Gregory Green. At least we know he will be behind bars until he dies so that he can never hurt anyone else again. And that is the story of a man who killed his family twice. I would like to once again thank our sponsor tonight. Make sure you check out Off the Muda Scale, a weekly entertainment slash comedy series about wrestling shows. It's available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also click the link in my show notes. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper, or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, all one word. Make sure you subscribe. Until next time, don't be a Dahmer or a Gregory Green. Ugh. Bye.